for the win. It's good. Fires over the middle. Collins at the goal line. Touchdown, Miners. This is the Mineshaft, a UTEP football podcast, part of the Republic of Football Network. Now here's your host, Colin Deaver, and former UTEP kicker, Gavin Beckley. It is an episode of the Mineshaft that we have been expecting for probably a couple of months, maybe since the New Mexico State game. Maybe it was the Western Kentucky game, but yeah, not uh, not a bright day for the uh, UTEP Miners, or maybe it is a bright day, depending on how uh, you look at it as a fan. Welcome to the Mineshaft, a Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Republic of Football podcast. I'm your host, Colin Deaver, alongside my co-host for the first time in a long time, Gavin yeah. Beckley. The band is back together as UTEP football has parted ways with Dana Dimmel after six seasons at the helm of the Miners, and we are here to talk about it, break it all down, and also look into who may potentially replace him uh, in the next few days and weeks uh, and take over the program heading into 2024. Uh, have to play pay some bills first. First of all, we are brought to you as always by Homefield Apparel. If you want to get in on some hot and fresh new UTEP minor gear, you know, it's the holidays coming up. You want to buy somebody a, a, a present. You don't want to break the bank. We can help you out. Use the promo code MINESHAFT to get 15% off any first-time purchase of UTEP Minor Gear. Gavin's shirt, if you're wondering, if you wanted an update, it's still sitting on my kitchen table in in the in the plastic wrap. So Hey, Christmas is coming up. Maybe it'll yeah. come in the mail or something. <laughs> I, I think at this point, that's probably what I should do. I just mail it <laughs> So, uh, Gavin, I'll give my thoughts after you. Um, obviously, Dana Dimmel and his staff recruited you to UTEP. Um, I, they were the only school to offer you, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yep, so, that is correct. Um, I would imagine a tough day for you, some some mixed emotions, um, just because of you know your relationship with the staff and a lot of guys on the team, etc. Um, take me through your emotions of the day when you first see or hear the news that Dana's gone. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, just want to say if if he is listening to this, I, I doubt it, but. He's probably got a lot of, of, of other things on his plate right now, but I just want to thank him and the staff for, for believing in me and trusting in me all those years for to, to take a, a kid with no offers and turned out that ended up as CSA player of the year, broke a couple records. I mean, a lot of, a lot of trust uh, that they've had for me and a lot of love between us both. So obviously a, a, a sad moment for me, but I, I think that, that that is the the right move for them in the future um just after kind of seeing them play and and i mean no just just everything that did happen this year i i feel there were a bunch of things that occurred that didn't help him but i mean i don't i don't want to make excuses and everything it, it was a bad year obviously we weren't expecting it i we we both said that they were going to make a bowl game i even said that if they didn't win the bowl game then that was going to be a letdown. So obviously finishing three and nine, uh, I think it's, it is the right move and, and hopefully UTEP will now bring in, and this is, this is what I think that they, they should do all the time and like lower non power five is bring in young coaches, exciting coaches that are, that'll bring in and light up with good high power offenses and hard hitting defenses and everything rather than just, just, 
older guys who are kind of stuck in their way of they only want to do one thing and one thing only. And as we've kind of seen that, that didn't work out for UTEP. So a lot of mixed emotions. Um, very grateful that I got the opportunity there, but I think that this was the right thing for them to do. Yeah, I think um, I agree with you. I think after six years, it was the right move. Um, three and nine this year, five and seven last year after going to the bowl game in 2021, and we've talked about it all season. I mean, our lead in and the reason we thought they were going to be successful this year was because of all the talent and experience that was coming back um, to the roster. I mean, I I remember, I mean, it was senior day yesterday and only nine guys um, walked um, out for senior day just to show you, like, to me, that shows like the talent and experience that they've stockpiled, um, that you only have nine seniors leaving and there's still, you know, still talent um, to, to be spared. Um, but Ultimately, I think the underachieving with that is is what did him in. 20 and 49 in his time at UTEP and, you know, 1 and 11, 2018, 2019. Um, I don't, as I've, I think I've said this multiple times, I don't hold that as much against him um, because of how bad of a spot the program was in, like once he took the job. Um, but once he got it, you know, once he got his pieces in place, like they go – three and five in 2020, go to the bowl game in 2021. I mean, once you get the contract extension after the 2021 season, like that's when things really need to be rolling. Um, and, you know, you can point to a variety of reasons why the ball didn't bounce your way in 2022. Same thing this year with all the injuries, but at the end of the day, you know, the point of the, the point of the head football coach, the point of college football in general is to win games. Um, and, they didn't get it done, and that's ultimately why he's gone. And UTEP, I want to make sure we say this, uh, since they did let him go with one year left um, on his contract, UTEP will owe him a buyout payment of $667,292. Uh, if they had kept him in 2024, he would have made $850,000, so a little bit less. However, obviously, you have to pay – um, a new coaching staff um, next season, a new head coach, et cetera. Um, and we'll get into all of that, but do you think, and obviously I, we didn't, we waited so long to talk about this because I never wanted to talk about it before they weren't bowl eligible. Like, because at UTEP, at a place like UTEP, like if you go to a bowl game at six and six and lose the bowl game and finish the year six and seven, you're going to keep your job. That's just how, that's just how it is at a place like UTEP. But, um, you know, for you, was there anything like what do you point to as the thing that like maybe they didn't do this year that like if they'd done X, Y, Z would have kept them around? Yeah, I mean, obviously win games. That would have been number one. But I think that's good. That's good. The biggest thing for me that I saw was just just lack of. uh ownership to to some of the things i mean it, it to me it was always kind of like someone else's fault whenever something would happen and that's why we have gone through a, a good amount of coaches under dibble it, and it's just because of the there's sometimes that that ownership is not taken by certain people on the team whether that's head coach offensive coordinator which funny enough is is the head coach defensive coordinator stuff like that is just just one of those things that that I think uh, there wasn't a whole lot of, of accountability there. Um, I think it, it went up as we were there, but then in the in the past couple years, uh, my last year, and then obviously this year, I think that there has been 
been a lack of accountability. Um, I will say that that one thing that I don't think people realize, especially now with the with the transfer portal, is next year it's not going to get better. The next year after that, it's not going to get better. They're going to have a whole new coaching staff. I would say upwards of 50, 60% of people are going to leave this year, enter the transfer portal just because they don't want to go through a, another coaching staff. They'd rather they have the film go play at a, at a bigger school or something if they're able to. Um, but I mean, everyone's I've seen on Twitter a lot of, of, of praise and everything about they're happy that Dimmel's leaving and all. Um, and like I said, I, I do think it was the right decision, but it's it's going to go back to rebuild. It's going to be like it was my first two years there. They're not going to be as competitive as, as we've seen the past couple of years other than this past year. Um, but I mean, it, it's just it's it's tough to be to be a minor fan sometimes. But with with what's coming up is is it's going to be some dark times. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully people stay and we get a nice young coaching staff to go do their thing. But you never know. They actually kind of go a little bit the other way uh, on that, just because I think like, again, as bad as we said, the program was when it, they took it over in theory, like they're leaving it a lot better than they left it. Obviously like that's with the assumption that you don't lose half the team in the transfer portal. Um, but I do, again, I like a lot of the pieces that they've, they've left. And if like the new coaching staff comes in and like, you're able to, you know, convince Kelly Akari, you're able to convince Torrance Burgess, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, to, to stick around for next year. Like, I think it's in a better spot. And the other thing too, is like, I, I really try to like shy away from comparing UTEP and New Mexico state here and like what New Mexico state's done the last couple of years. Um, just because I just, I just, I don't think it's completely fair because like of the, the, the coach that like New Mexico state brought in, that's a once every 50 years type hire. Like you're getting a high major coach that is not at a high major school because of like extenuating circumstances. Um, and I just like, that's just not something that you can rely on as, as a, like a school like UTEP or New Mexico state. But what they have proven there is that you can still win football games in the borderland in 2023 um, at the college level with a small um, NIL budget, which at, NMSU has like a small NIL collective. It's like 370,000 fourth, maybe 300,000 for football. UTEP flat out doesn't have an NIL collective for football. So that's gotta like, that's gotta be something that changes um, moving forward. But like, I, I mean, the cupboard isn't bare. They obviously have to make the right hire um, and get guys to stick around obviously. But um, what, as far as like, and I know you mentioned, you've already mentioned like you want like a younger guy and I don't want to get into candidates yet, but like just in terms of, just like an overall direction of the program, like where, like, what do you want from the next, you know, next year, two years of UTEP football? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say if, if they are able to, to get a, a nice young head coach that um, will let, let other people do their roles, whether that's offensive coordinator who actually calls plays and so on, that's, that's kind of something I'm looking for. Um, and just, just something to spice it up because I mean we've saw the the last six years um under Dimmel it was kind of the same thing over and over again. Sometimes it worked as we saw in 2021, sometimes it didn't as we saw last year and the year before. Um so I mean I'm just I'm just looking for for something that's that's gonna kind of spice it up, change up a little. Um and I mean hopefully hopefully that that people do stay. I mean I can see um kind of 
kind of the looking at it from both angles. I mean, if you're someone like like Kelly who just finished in a thousand plus yard receiving season, I mean, if he wanted to go, he would be able to go to ninety percent of schools. So I mean, just looking at people like that that and like like Tyron, I know, um, like we had talked about earlier. Tyron might actually leave this time. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. He one hundred percent I was kind of holding back during the season, but but after like knowing or not knowing but that he was quote unquote injured and then didn't play the rest of the thing after suspiciously only playing four games. I mean, that just kind of shows you where a lot of people's heads are. Um, So, I mean, in this, this next year, if let's say everyone does stay, I mean, I, I could see UTEP doing very, very well if they stay under, under a new head coach that kind of brings something new to the table um, whether that's win five, six, seven games. Um, but I would say that's me being optimistic, but I would say on the other side, I could see a lot of people leaving, um, hitting the portals, trying to trying to do all that. They bring in a new head coach and everything. He does the best he can recruiting. And and I would say it's most likely that UTEP wins two, three games this, this coming year. Obviously, we don't want to see that, but I still think that, that being... I'm an optimistic person, and and I think that it's not gonna gonna be what what Miners fans think it will be by firing Dimmel, um. But I think that that it's gonna it's gonna come down to to kind of who they have hired. We've we've seen Jim Center, uh, with with some hires over the years that also haven't worked out like Dimmel. But hopefully, we're able to to bring in someone someone new. And on that center note, um. I had sources telling me this week, like just how much internal pressure. I mean, obviously, like the external pressure everybody sees on social media, et cetera. But and like, but apparently, talking to a couple of different people, like he had immense internal pressure on him, you know, from leadership at UTEP to like kind of make a move. He had pressure from boosters. So his contract uh, is up in 2026. So whoever he hires, this year is now immediately like his job is tied to that person. So there is an immense amount of pressure on Jim to make the right hire um, this time around. I think I'll say this. I do think like Dimmel for the era for when they did hire him, I think he was the right person for that era of UTEP football. We have gotten past that era of UTEP football though. Like it's, it's time to move on to somebody who can, get somebody uh you'll get the program to a to like a, a higher place so um we'll see who that person may be and you were talking about guys leaving in the transfer portal obviously that's like a huge uh, worry for really any group of five school i mean power five too honestly like you know there's there's guys that leave you know oregon state to go to usc it's i mean et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. but um that can work the other way too like that's that's something that UTEP I did I I just don't think did enough of the last couple of years is is utilize the transfer portal for high major guys that maybe like didn't do what they were supposed to do um, in the Big Twelve or the SEC and get them to come here um, and and star and that's that is something conversely that NMSU with Jerry Kill has succeeded at um, now they've they've gone the junior college route too they've kind of done a little bit more at the high school level than UTEP has. Um, but you know, they're, 
you know, their two walk, their two best running backs. One of them is is a TCU transfer. He's a former four star recruit. Their best two cornerbacks are former four star recruits that transferred in from Power Five schools. So um, they've utilized that a bit more than UTEP. And for me, that's something like I think UTEP moving forward, like that's going to have to be like a huge part of what they do every single year is replenishing guys who maybe leave, you know whether it's graduation or in the transfer portal to bigger schools, you have to like replace them with guys that didn't work out at the power five level that are looking for a new place to play. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. I think that, that UTEP does need to do a, a lot, a lot better job at, at recruiting from other, other colleges, whether that's power five or, or group of five schools, because I remember um, there was always, Whenever, whenever I first got to UTEP, we had a couple guys who were were transfers from from bigger schools, and it was always like you looked at them, especially as as a freshman with wide eyes. You're like, oh wow, like they were at that school and everything. But it's just it's just one of those things that the UTEP does need to do a, a lot better job at. I know that we get a lot of guys from JUCO, but I I don't think as we've seen in the past couple of years that hasn't been enough. We haven't really had um, usage of transfer portal, whether that's guys coming from from power five schools or other schools to UTEP, it's kind of been, we have people, we have a lot more people that try to leave rather than come to UTEP. So I think that, that that's going to be kind of big on, on who UTEP hires as a head coach. I mean, if they are able to, to get a big name or something from some power five school or group of five school, and we're able to, to have uh, that head coach kind of bring some of their guys kind of how, Colorado did with with coach prime how he brought everyone obviously we don't want to see something where where they bring everyone in in from their school but but I mean a, a couple good good players that kind of fill the cracks of what UTEP has I think is it's going to be huge that that UTEP kind of dips into the transfer portal and, and is able to to get a, a couple good players that that it just didn't work out for them at, at a better school so I mentioned obviously the NIL portion of this um they're they're they just absolutely have to do something about that because the men's basketball team has nil and that's one of the reasons why um joe golding was able to kind of replenish the roster with some some dudes this year um that has to be like a like (laughs) number like one of the top two or three things for the next coach is to like get the nil collective going and to do that that means you have to be obviously you got to be out in the community um, a little bit more. You have to get boosters behind you willing to buy into that. And that's something that um, I don't think was totally something that this coaching staff was the best at. There were guys on staff that were good at it. Um, but I don't think, again, I don't think it was something that this staff completely excelled at. I, I don't know. If I, I don't necessarily know like the best ways of, of doing that other like, cause they, it's not like, it's not for lack of trying. Like I know that they've been like they've done a lot of things to try to be out in the community and hasn't really worked. Do you have any ideas as to as to like how they can maybe like you know add to that a little bit and and maybe get a collective going? Um, it's okay because I don't either. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure. I mean, like like we've been talking about. I was there two two ish years, two three years after nil was introduced and received zero dollars from it. So I think it's it's that's a very big thing. Um, because obviously with, with what people are getting their scholarship paid and everything, um, and their monthly stipend they get, I don't think is, 
is enough for to to kind of attract people to to come to El Paso and everything. So I think that that there is going to be a need for for NIL or something along the lines of of more pay for the players in order to kind of attract more higher names down there because as of right now there there's not a whole lot of attraction. I'm looking at some of the other you know openings uh at uh, you know around the nation. Um so these are the these are the jobs that are open right now. Boise State, Houston, Indiana, Mississippi State just got filled. Um, New Mexico, Oregon State, San Diego State, Syracuse, Texas A&M just got filled, UL Monroe, and UTEP. So of those, Monroe, San Diego State, New Mexico, and Boise State, um, rough, you know, give or take, roughly are kind of on the similar level of UTEP. Those are, Those schools you have to think might be picking from a similar coaching pool. Do you think that that could affect, and this could, I mean, there could be more schools that um, pop too. I mean, so, you know, we're only a day after the season officially ended for the regular season. Maybe there's more jobs that open up Monday, Tuesday, et cetera, et cetera. But do you think the fact that there's a few other jobs that are open at the group of five level, does that impact UTEP's coaching search at all? I mean, it, it, I think it just depends on the, on the person. I mean, there's going to be a lot of a lot of people that probably are going to get reached out to to ask to to come head coach at UTEP and I think they're going to look at it and kind of be like why would I ever come there but then there's going to be a handful of people that is going to look at it as is yeah I may not be getting paid as much but I think it's going to be a really good challenge for me I'm going to go down there maybe I was a an OC or something at a, at a at a group of five school. And now I can go be a head coach and kind of continue my career um, that route. I think it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's just, we're going to have to find the right person. That's one ready to take on the challenge with, with a pay cut, but to kind of be able to take that role and extend their career. Because at the end of the day, um, it's, it's kind of what, what's best. No one's going to come to, to UTEP and, and be like, you know what, I'm going to give it like a year or two. And if it's not good, then, then I'm gone. No, it's one of those things that people, people don't really take into account the the whole family factor and everything. Cause these are, this is people's jobs and, and they're putting a lot of trust into, into other people to come down and do their jobs in order to, to be able to, to kind of provide for their family. So it's kind of one of those things that the UTEP's just going to have to find the right person who, who's willing to, to go for that challenge and, and be able to trust the others around him. So we'll see. I, I don't think that, that other schools um, are going to kind of be uh, enemies and, and kind of be competition of UTEP because I, I feel that UTEP's just going to be, like I said, one of those special cases that someone's just going to have to flat out just want to do it. So yeah, that's we'll a, yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Like this, this is a really, um, tough job. It's one of the, one of, if not the toughest jobs in college football. Um, it's, it's probably one of these, one of the three, uh, schools that's on this little corridor here between UTEP, New Mexico state and New Mexico. I mean, those, like you could argue those are the three toughest jobs in all of college football. Um, just based on the success rates of those programs over the course of the history of the game. So again, not an easy place to win, um, at all. It can be done. We've seen it get done here in the past. 
We've seen it get done right up the road in Las Cruces this season that you can still win um, in this region um, in 2023. So we'll see uh, moving forward what happens. But um, this is, I think, the part of the podcast that most people are going to be looking forward to where we start diving into potential coaching candidates for the minors. Uh, I will shamelessly plug the article that I wrote uh, earlier today on KTSM.com, which is uh, potential coaching candidates for UTEP football. Uh, I got a few on there. One of them, I think, was already eliminated uh, based on what happened at universe, uh, Baylor University today. But um, kind of before we dive into it a little bit, um, Dimmel was going to make $850,000 in the final year of his contract next year. I think that uh, it may have to get bumped up to a million dollars um, for the next coach. We'll see what happens, but that's more or less the going rate for most group of five schools these days, at least in conference USA, UTEP's level, like about a million dollars is, is what they're paying football coaches now. So um, I've got a few candidates um, that I'll run through real quick, Gavin, uh, number one, and this is like no order. Like I don't, I'm not ranking them like one above the other, et cetera. Uh, first guy I've mentioned is Tony white, Nebraska defensive coordinator. He's from El Paso. He's a Burgess high school alum. Uh, his defense at Nebraska was top 15 in FBS football this year. I've been told by a couple of different sources that he's interested in the job. So that's important. I mean, you want, you, you don't want to be targeting guys that have literally zero interest in being your football coach. Like you want, obviously you want people who would be interested in being here. So that there's that one. This is Jeff Grimes, the former Baylor offensive coordinator. This is the guy I think may have already been eliminated because he was fired by Baylor today. Uh, he's another one that sources have told me is interested in the UTEP job. He's an alum. He was on the 1988 team, which is widely regarded as the best UTEP team ever. Um, started his coaching career at Riverside High School and has kind of gone. He's been all over the place in college football, BYU, Baylor, a couple other places. Um, Mac Leftwich is the Texas State offensive coordinator. He's only 29 years old. Also been told he's interested in the job. Um, he's by all, I mean, by all accounts, he's seen he's he seems like he's absolutely brilliant in terms of when it comes to like offensive minds. Uh, they averaged 57 points a game when he was at Incarnate Word last year, made the FCS semifinals. This year, he's on staff at Texas State as the OC. They go seven and five and are going to the first bowl game in school history. Um, so he would be one for me that I think I, I think fans would be really excited about that just because he's a former UTEP quarterback. Um, and I, I just think his age could work against him. I'm going to do two more. Uh, and then we'll uh, pass it off. Jason Eck, who is the Idaho head coach. Um, they were, they hadn't had a winning seat. He started last year. They hadn't had a winning season since 2016. He immediately took them to the FCS playoffs last year and this year. They're the four seed in the playoffs this year. Um, I think if you can recruit to Moscow, Idaho, you can recruit to El Paso, both pretty remote locations. The other thing is that Jim Center worked at Idaho on three different occasions. So he, and I know for a fact, he keeps tabs on Idaho athletics. Um, and then the last one I want to mention is, um, is uh, Gary Patterson, the former TCU head coach. And this, and this one is like, for me is like a reach um, because like, he's, I think he's just going to get some other offers elsewhere, but um, if they can get him, I mean, that's, that's like a Jerry kill type hire for, for UTEP. I just don't think it's going to happen. So uh do you have any? Do you have other names that you want to throw out there uh, that you would like to see for UTEP? Did you 
did your ears perk up hearing any of those names that I said or anything like that? Yeah, um, I think for me, the front runner is probably Mac Lefwich, just because of of one. I remember last year just with UIW, I remember watching them and they had that very, very good quarterback who I'm sure was developed under him since he was the OC. Um, and I mean, just the fact that he's 29 years old. Yeah, that may work against him with center, but I think that that that's going to be a huge, huge thing, especially with CUSA is, is we've kind of seen some other schools take younger ish head coaches um, and had some success with that. So I think for me, he's probably, probably number one for me, just based on what he was able to do at UIW and also with, with Texas state this year, I think obviously, like you said, their first bowl game in, in school history. So I think that's huge. Um, one thing that would be interesting was was you have on here Jeff Banks. I don't think that he would come to UTEP just because he's getting a pretty penny to to be a special teams coach there at Texas. He might um, have but, to take a pay cut to come to UTEP if he wants to do that. But yeah, shout yeah, out exactly. Aaron Price. That's Aaron Price's boy, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. He uh, tells us all the time how how they're good friends and that he's just he's out there doing a great job and making a whole lot of money. So so I think it would be it'd be very hard to. To convince him, especially after Texas is having a very, very good special teams wise. So so I think that that but it would be very, very cool to see a special teams coordinator become UTEP head coach. I think that would be that'd be really cool to see. And that's just me um being a specialist. So but I mean other than that, don't really have a whole a whole lot more insight on uh on the candidate search and like uh, what you had, I think, after reading through it, there's there's a couple on there that I would like to see, and then there's a couple there that I was like, huh, interesting. So there's a there's a good which variety. One, which one? Which one? I think I think uh, uh, the Texas special teams coach. I think that's going to be uh, a very very long shot, and then yeah, I'm not sure about if if uh, an NFL coach would would come down to UTEP, but even though the they do have ties, but. You never know with UTEP. You you never know. Yeah, and you're talking about Robert Rodriguez, who yeah. uh, is the Arizona Cardinals outside linebackers coach, and he's yep. very popular. Like that's a name you're going to see a lot with UTEP fans because he went to Montwood High School in El Paso, starred there, was a star linebacker uh, for UTEP football. He was on the 04 Mike Price team that almost beat Colorado in the bowl game in Houston. So he's just, he's just very popular. My thing with Rob, and I I like Rob a lot. Um, He's never been a he's never even been a coordinator at any level, and I just think it would be tough to go from being a position coach, even though you're in the NFL. I get it; it's the highest level. Like that is a jump to go from that to um, being a head coach. So um, I wouldn't rule it out, and I'm not I'm not saying that he couldn't do it either. I just I just think that that could be that would be a tough jump. Um, the other one I had on here that I and I'm surprised I didn't get crap for it was that i just threw jimbo i threw jimbo fisher on there as a joke and nobody nobody seemed to like either nobody got the joke or like nobody thought it was serious which it wasn't but he's available man i mean he's just sitting there getting 75 bills so i think it was your little write down that you that you did by it which everyone then thought it would be a joke i I think it was i was gonna call it out but you didn't actually have a write-up on it so so i was like I, i mean i can see yeah if if that was an option but yeah, I mean, you know what me and Jimbo Fisher have in common? We're not coaching football. Wow. So we're both available. Uh, 
I'm trying to think here. Is there uh, is there anybody on this list or maybe names you've seen on Twitter that you're like, I absolutely do not want this person? Um, like I said, I haven't really really seen a whole lot of um or done any any really research about um any candidates but i mean some some people i would say um just by kind of glancing at this um is there anyone on here that's older than like 60 older than 60 or like 50ish 50 plus 60 grimes is definitely i'll google it to be sure grimes is definitely over 50 um okay. i don't know if he's 60 Okay, so that's probably one that I would say no, just because yeah. of, of age. He's fifty-five. Okay, like I said, uh, I'd I'd rather have a a younger guy kind of come in and and take over rather than we we because something that I have learned in in the five years that I played was that there you you get some coaches that are so stuck in their way that you can't convince them to to change or anything. So, and I think that with with the new times and new football and everything and new way of doing things. I think that a younger head coach to come in rather than having people that, that are coaching that have been doing it for a long time and their way is successful. But whenever it starts going downhill and they just keep doing the same thing, it's just, I want, I want new blood in the game and and hopefully that, that UTEP will, will be able to, to do that. Yeah. I'm looking I'm looking through because you said anybody anybody over sixty was was out. I think Grimes is the only one I had on there that was other than well. So I take that back. Gary Patterson, the the TCU guy, but he's again he's like in that Jerry Kill vein where like he's he's probably if you can get him, which I don't think they can, he's good enough to kind of like transcend that. Same with Jimbo Fisher, but again, like they're not getting either. Like I just they're not getting either of those guys. So. Other yeah. than those guys and Grimes, everybody else is forty six or younger. Okay, the only person that I would that I would pass is if Aaron Price became the head coach. Then I would try to do How everything. Old is he? I could. I'm not sure. I don't want to say the wrong thing, and then he listens to this, and then he yells at me for saying that he's. <laughs> Which he wouldn't. <laughs> this is that's just a joke. But if I was like, yeah. I'm pretty sure if I if I had to guess, I would say he's. 50 something. Yeah. Somebody uh texted me today and said that Aaron's brother Eric Price should get a get a look and I wasn't sure if he was coaching anymore. Yeah, he's uh he's with the uh um USFL, the uh Houston Gamblers. Oh. Okay. I believe that's the last that I heard whenever I had cuz I he he I believe he came to a game one one game and I talked to him for a little bit. I'm not sure if that's still where he's at, but that was the last that I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard. He, I've met him a few different times at practices and um but I, yeah, I'm not sure where he is anymore. I he would I'll, I'll, he'll he would be a uh, a long shot I have to be a long shot candidate, I would imagine if if at all, but um, Hey, but I mean that's he's definitely I mean that that whole family's got got very good football knowledge. I mean, when coach Price was the uh well, okay, I should probably when Aaron Price was the OC at UTEP, he, they were averaging fifty plus a game. So I mean, yeah. he's got all the knowledge. Uh, and then Eric Price was was in coaching in the NFL for a little bit. So obviously he's got the knowledge. And then we've already had a, uh, oh no, Mike Price. We've already had him. So I mean, hopefully, hopefully we get we get something. I would say those are probably the only the only people that I would 
be okay with that that weren't younger. Got you. No, I I'm totally with you on a younger on a younger coach. Um, like you said earlier, I mean that's just kind of the trend in college football. Um, I don't know that I. It's just so early in the process that like I don't want to name anybody as like this is the front runner because I don't I don't think there is a front runner for the job at this point. Like I I just there's there's people that are interested. There's people that are that UTEP is interested in. There's a little bit of crossover there, but like at the end of the day, it's it's anybody's guess at this point um, who's going to get the job. So I I I do agree with you that like I think Leftwich is going to be in the hunt more than like people might think based on his age. Like I think he is. I think he's that good. Um, and I don't just don't discount Eck, man. Like he's. Um, it's it's an interesting one because they have to finish out the FCS season and like that they they have a real postseason they have the postseason that you that college football the FBS level should have which is like an actual playoff so like if like if he keeps winning then obviously like that extends like the wait time so I think that that could potentially like that could work against him right because like if UTEP's trying to get somebody in um as quickly as possible and he's in the fcs playoffs until you know mid-december i mean that's that does not behoove him for um getting going with the transfer portal but you've seen at texas state getting mac left with gj kinney they were at incarnate word last year made the fcs semifinals they go right up the road to texas state and win immediately so that's not always a predictor so yeah no definitely but Keep in mind, whoever becomes the head coach, I'm always available if you need a special teams coordinator. Is I'm that always so, available. That's serious. That's serious question. Is that something you'd want to do? Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a a lot of knowledge whenever it comes to uh to special teams, and I mean, I'm out here coaching for for the the guys who Cole's kicking, who basically got me ranked and then recruited to UTEP. I'm out here in in Dallas, um, coaching for them. So I mean. It's it's something that that I would do obviously if I got called on, but I I am very young, so that would probably not work in my favor. And and but I mean, who knows? Who knows? That would be that would be very very good opportunity. But I am young. Gotta get you in as a GA first, and then and see yeah. how it goes. Yeah. So anything else you want to add? Obviously, I I think we'll have a couple more of these throughout the coaching search as things maybe get narrowed down and then once they hire somebody um but anything else you want to add before um before we get out of here i know it's sunday night almost 10 o'clock central time so uh no i mean like we had kind of talked about before uh mixed feelings about it i know that that utep is is going to be better off with it um just because of of everything that we have seen the past six years um very thankful and blessed for the opportunity that Dimmel gave me. Um, I wish him all the best in the future. Um, and, and hopefully in 300 days or 280 days, whenever UTEP plays again, they, uh, they're off onto a better foot. But other than that, like you said, we'll, we'll be out here updating, uh, um, the fans and everything whenever you hear more, but but go miners. Yeah. I also want to say, uh, thank you to Dana and everybody on that UTEP coaching staff. Like I've covered, I've done this for a little while now. And like, that's just, just a awesome coaching staff, like we're just full of really good people. So um, that's, that's the, 
worst part of this is like people are losing their jobs today um, that um, that aren't Dana Dimble. It's like you said, I mean, Coach Price, it's Barrick Neely. I mean, Scotty O'Hara, Bradley Del Pivot. I mean, just, just I mean, you can go on on down the line and like they're all good people. So um, that's the that's the tough part of this. But they understand. I mean, they get into the business knowing that, too. So they they get it better than any of us so uh, best i'm sure all of them are going to land on their feet and best of luck to all of them so like we said we will be uh with you as as many times as we can uh throughout the coaching search um and uh, updating you on social media as well so gavin thanks for joining me for uh uh postseason edition of the mineshaft apologies that we didn't get a liberty preview uh up for you guys i kind of figured i knew where that game was going and it went exactly didn't, how I thought it was going to go. So. Didn't need a preview. Did not need a preview. So you're welcome. We <laughs> gave you an extended version of the coaching search. So Gavin Beckley uh, is my guy. I'm Colin Deaver. We'll see you very soon on the Mind Chapter.